That's Questionable, a podcast exploring religion, asking difficult questions, and encouraging honesty. You can join the conversation at thatsquestionable.com, That's Questionable podcast on Instagram, or at That's Question 01 on Twitter. Hey, we are live from New York. Wait. From the Gear Shed. That's right. Spring Hill, Tennessee. From the Gear Shed. Not to point out where we are, in case you're looking for us. We're not really in Spring Hill, Tennessee. That's right. This program sponsored by Nathan's Gear Co. Thank you, guys. Hey, welcome. It is uh, much later in the year than the last time we sat down and recorded. Oh, man. uh, Because there's rampant disease and uh, widespread panic. Mm. Some of my favorite diseases. (laughs) Some of your favorite diseases. And bands. Widespread panic. David. Hi. How's it going? Nathan's here. Yes, I'm here. Jim's here. Man, we're hanging out. We are. We're recording things again. We're our mid-COVID. Yep. My daughter, Audrey, is looking through the door. As beautiful as ever. Yes, man. Those. She's lacking some teeth. Those triple know, French doors are it, gorgeous. Just to clarify, we're not in West Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. man, what a shot. What a cheap shot I just... What a cheap shot I just took. Yeah, it's funny you need to clarify that. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So, but man, I'll tell you what, what a weird year this has been. Yeah. We had great plans and we then did. they all got rearranged. We did. Yeah. 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 By this time, uh, I mean, we would have had what our 20th or 30th podcast out there and yeah. we'd have 7 million listeners. That's yeah. Right. And, Minus. And because of co- <laughs> because of COVID, we're, we only got you know, like, uh, you. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You're the only one listening right yeah. now. Yeah. Hannah listens to it. Um, yeah. Anyways. So you guys been good? Been yeah. Great. Pretty good. Okay. Yeah. All things considered. Yeah. It's been great. <laughs> See, good. I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm some kind of, uh, yeah. superhuman because I've had, oh, yeah. had COVID, I've David survived. And so I feel like I am, for at least the next little bit, I am invincible. That's right. You know, the news came out that they Yesterday. found the guy that had uh, got it again after five months. Yeah, there's one person out of five million. No, there were two more found okay. uh, yesterday as okay. well. Okay, three, mm. three. Let's just say there's 10 out of five million. Feel pretty good. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I think your antibodies are pretty strong. I think, yeah. I think you had it well enough. And I'm going to say well in a very derogatory turn way. Yeah, but, uh, okay. You had it well enough that maybe uh, you will never get it again. I'm still masking up, though, because I want to support those. Absolutely. Who, you know, we all need to do that. Uh, I don't think I have much opportunity right now. I could change in two weeks to to contract it again or spread it again. But I think it's the greater good of saying, hey, That's right. you know, we need to put other people before ourselves. And if it's a little bit inconvenient to put on a mask, let's do it. And let's just all get through this together. Yeah. Um, I, I'm the same way. I'm like, um, who am I to make the decision of who I should or shouldn't give it to if I do get it? And so, you know, I think we just need to play our part. And, you know, this is creating unity within, you know, the people in the United States. We just need to band together and try to 
you know, eradicate this as best as we possibly can. And um, I have to admit, I don't get it. Those who claim religious freedoms, I just, I don't get it. I think that's one of the poorest excuses I've heard. So, um, they're wearing a gospel mask. Yeah, well, I guess so. A gospel mask. And it's just, ah, yeah, no, it's just, um, it's tough to swallow. But anyway, so you look past that, you look past the, um, those kind of arguments and you just go, you know what? It's real. Um, it's happening. Um, we know people that have gotten it, including somebody in this room. We've known people that have been fighting for their life from it. And so we need to participate as best as we can to take care of our neighbor, to love our neighbor as ourself. Agreed. Yep. Agreed. Yeah. So, um, Jim, how are you? I'm good. I'm yeah. Pretty good. Uh, my mom passed this yes. last week. That's right. Uh, I haven't talked about her on the podcast much, but, uh, pretty sure you all were aware that I had one <laughs> and, yes. uh, She's, uh, she's been living with us for four years and, um, she's had Alzheimer's and breast cancer and, uh, she just, uh, decided she was done here yeah. a week and a half ago. And, uh, Tracy and I were at her side when she passed, uh, Man, it was a week, a week ago. It's yeah. just been a week, yeah. week and a half that she kind of gave up, but okay. Uh, a week since she passed it was last Tuesday yeah early early morning and uh, and so it's been odd it's been strange I mean been caring for her for four years uh, day in day out kind of not been able to to go anywhere and I mean I'll tell you the it's a hole there's a there's a hole there it's not a, a completely bad hole some of it's a, a good hole but you know I, uh, I find myself getting up to go check on her, uh, go into bed, just, you know, I stand up and the fact that I could just stand up and go to bed, I haven't been able to do that for four years. Yeah. You know, just, it's a foreign, foreign idea to you. Yeah. It's just very, very strange, but I'll, I'll tell you what, uh, and maybe, you know, maybe this is our mother's day episode, but you know, when you're growing up, your mom is just your mom. You, yeah. You take her for granted. You think everybody's mom's like yours. Yeah. Uh, you put a few years behind you and you come to realize that, uh, everybody didn't have a great mom. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, I feel like my brother and I were, were just so fortunate to really, we had one of the great ones. Yeah. yeah. She was a phenomenal mom. Yeah. Yeah. She, she obviously loved you well, but you, you loved her well. Well, thank you. you. You took care of her, and I mean that's pretty amazing. I mean, Amy and I were talking about the other day how just just what you, you know, the way you served her at the end, and the way you were there for her at the end. It's it's pretty amazing. But that people that know you know that that's what you would do. Yeah, because that's who you are. So well, we witnessed it firsthand. Yeah, we saw you love her to the end. Yeah, and that's it. That's all there was. Yeah. So, and, and not that it wasn't hard and not that it wasn't tough, you know, because we understand, you know, caring for, for somebody like that, you know, to the end is not easy. And, um, I've never experienced it, but I can, I can tell by just watching the two of you mm-hmm. that, um, it's very tough. 
And I think, and actually bring David in on this, you guys both did it extremely well. So, wow, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. She was a great lady. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Real fast. How, given your situation now, granted, how you would have taken things years ago being in the church now that we've kind of stepped away, how do you relate to death and to God now? Well, uh, not drastically different um, because I have a unique relationship with death. Um, my dad was a mortician yeah. until I was 16 That's years right, old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I would, you know, I'd get awakened in the middle of the night, you know, as soon as I could carry something. And, and the something is, is exactly what you could imagine. And uh, so, you know, we jump in the hearse or ambulance, whichever it was, and, and head somewhere when he needed a hand. And, uh, so, you know, it was, it, I, I never had a, a stigma about death. Death was something that was a part of life always. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, uh, so I, I, I experienced a lot of, um, after death as a kid, you know, probably from, 10 or 12 up to 16, 17. And then, uh, all my years in ministry, I, I spent a lot of time with people at deathbeds. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a few dozen folks as they're dying and being there with them. And, um, it, it never, it never was anything that was scary to me. It was always part of life. Uh, I have, um, I have my own thoughts, my own ideas about it. They aren't drastically different today than they've ever been, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can tell you one thing about death for certain, and that is that there's no one on this side that can tell you what's on the other side. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, there it is. And I agree. And um, but But yet so much of religion is... is kind of, and I'm going to use the word designed, maybe that's not the good word, the best word to use, but it seems like it's so, it's designed to put fear in you to try to make decisions about now so that you can somehow have some kind of um, opposite and equal reaction after death. And um, Insurance. um, Yeah, insurance. That's exactly right. Wow, what a fitting topic after what we just talked about earlier. But, um, but fear is the great motivator. <laughs> it is. It is. Fear is the great motivator. And um, uh, I, I think it's, I just think it's interesting when you take the fear out of it. Well, I mean, you know, what are you guys thinking and how it relates to death? I mean, um, are you guys content if it, hey, it, this is it and it is what it is? Are you guys okay with that? Well, okay. Uh, so. Speaking of segues, <laughs> so I guess it really comes down to, I mean, the question you're asking is, what do you believe about afterlife? What do I believe? That's, I mean, isn't that kind of what you're asking? Yeah. I mean, ultimately, which I don't see how that can be separated. Well, let's go ahead. Let's throw a little bit of a, a something on top of that. It's not only what do I believe, but... Is your belief based off of what you can actually know? Because anybody can sit there and say, I believe something, 
when in reality there's no you have no idea if there's any truth to it so um so i can say some things that i would like to happen after death but in reality i agree wholeheartedly with what you just said nobody knows so is belief purely just a way to comfort ourselves in the midst of not knowing? Sounded like a question. <laughs> I did. I just answered your question with but, a question. Right. <laughs> That's what I do. That's my spiritual gift. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, uh, isn't that uh, isn't that what we talk about every time we? plug these microphones in it is and why do we gravitate towards that because maybe it's maybe it's because it's just a constant struggle but yeah i mean it it just comes down to uh so so when faced with death uh as my mom was though she wasn't really aware of it uh she was she was pretty much asleep you know the last couple days of her life um she talked about it some in her demented mind, um, wanting to not be living anymore. Yeah. You know, she mentioned that to me many times. She asked for help, you know, um, all those difficult things. Um, so she would be a case in point, I guess, because, because uh, from where the three of us are sitting right now, we're not the best uh, tellers of that. Uh, but she, her faith was pretty firm. What she believed or what she hoped, which is, well, I get what you're saying, Nathan. Yes, we all have a hope. And how much weight do we put behind that hope uh, probably uh, has more to do with um, with the amount of fear or anxiety that we live with. And so, but she felt really strongly about it. Yeah. And I don't think she feared it at all. I think she was looking forward to it. You know, yeah. she had a lot of sisters and a brother and, uh, you know, friends. She was 86 years old. Her husband, you know, my dad, um, her, her belief, her hope was there and, it was unwavering. Yeah. Um, so really, I, you know, it's, it, it's, I, I don't know how you separate the word belief from hope. I think they're, I think they're both the same. You know, we're, I don't think we could have a conversation about yeah. facts. Well, and even, even from a biblical reference, Paul would, Paul would talk about and reference it to hope. Yeah. We hope. Um, and, and, uh, and I get that. Um, and I get that. And I guess my struggle of that is, um, like we've talked about every time we've plugged these microphones in is, is how do we determine, you know, cause the real question of the night is, I just think that the, us dealing with death is a great way for us to explore the idea of what do we actually believe, which I think is ultimately what we were wanting to talk about tonight. And I just thought that death was like, I was like, oh, well, hey, actually, you know, it's a good segue uh, to be able to, to do that. And so that's my struggle. My struggle is, is how do you, how do you separate out hope with what you can actually know? 
and where do the two intermingle together to determine how you live your life? How about that for a million dollar question? Yeah, so that that's a struggle for me right now. So um, I lost my mom in about 10 months ago, and she died really in a very similar fashion as Jim's mom. So I was there holding her hand when she took her last breath and, uh, and, and she was, she was in a, um, a skilled nursing facility. And, um, that's a tough, that's a tough thing when you've grown up your entire life, believing that there's a veil that you pass through. Uh, and you're, you're on the other side and you're with your family and, you know, there's a, mm-hmm. there's a great reunion and, uh, and that may in fact be true, Yeah. but it's the, it's the fact that I don't know that it's true. And so now I don't, I don't know what I believe and, and I, and we've talked about what we've, what we believe and as far as, you know, scripture and church and, and, uh, and all of that Christianity, but when it comes to death, that's where it really, um, I, I think, kind of to your point, that's really where it it really has the meaning of what you believe, what you don't believe, is what happens when you die. So, what happens when you when you exit your body and you go wherever you go? I I, I believe you know at this point in my journey that. Um, we go someplace. Uh, we we have an energy. We have a spirit. I don't think we. I don't think we're just simply, you know, animals that go to dust. Uh, I believe there's something that survives us, and I think that's our our pure essence. I don't know what that is. I don't know where we go, and so whenever, um, you know, before my mom passed, she had dementia, and so before my mom passed, um, I had really. Uh, had all those questions before she died, you know, and really rethought my belief system. But I never spoke to her about it because she had dementia. I mean, what am I going to do? You know, she, it didn't, it was a, it would be a cruel thing for me to sit down and and say that, Hey, I don't, I don't believe what you believe. I mean, what is that going to do other than cause her discomfort and pain? So, uh, whenever, you know, you're in, kind of in the, in the position I'm in, uh, I'm kind of learning right now. I mean, literally right now of, Hey, what, you know, I'm kind of processing all this and it takes a lot of time to say, Hey, at one point I thought, you know, you die and you go to heaven or, or whatever. And now I don't know. And so I don't know that I'm ever going to see my mom again. And so death has a different meaning that it would have four years ago or three years ago. And I don't know how to reconcile that. And I, don't, I don't know what the answer is. I got a lot of questions, but I don't have a whole lot of answers on that. Uh, it's, it's just a difficult... Well, I'll tell you this, whenever before my... I do believe there's something after that because before my mom passed away... Um, this is probably this is when she still had some of her mental faculties. Um, so uh, somebody 
as is common on a skilled nursing in a skilled nursing facility, somebody down the hall passed away. And um, whenever I came to see her, we'd come to see her, you know, obviously every day, and we'd spend time with her. And she said, "Boy, there was something going on this morning." And I said, "Yeah, the the guy down the down the hall passed away." And she said, "Oh, I know." He walked through the wall of my room and walked through my room and waved at me and said goodbye. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, what? <laughs> but she she recognized him because she had had dinner with him in the mm-hmm. in the dining hall, and so she said he he walked right through the wall, waved at me, and walked. What do you do with that? Yeah, you know, I mean, and she was not in a position, really mentally, where she would make that up. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I, I believe she was recounting what, cause she didn't even know who had passed away. I mean, I knew who had passed away, but she didn't. Yeah. Other than the fact that she saw him walk through her wall. Yeah. Oh man. So I, did that freak you out when you heard that, when she said that? Well, of course. Yeah. So I, I even though I've, I've really don't believe in the, um, I, I certainly don't believe in hell, but I don't, I don't know what to believe about an afterlife. I do believe there is one. I just don't know what it is. Yeah. And how could anybody? Yeah. 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 It's, uh, you know, it's one of those things I hear, I hear you say, you know, how do I have a conversation with my mom that I don't believe what she believes? Um, but I, I'm not necessarily hearing that you don't believe what she believes about what's on the other side and knowing you, uh, like I do, I, you know, it seems more like what you don't believe is how you get there necessarily. Does that make sense? Yeah, but I I don't. Or who so she there. she believes she she believes in the um, biblical lack of a better term afterlife where where she was ushered into the presence of Jesus and 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 she is now with my dad and she is with her parents and and that long legacy in my family of of generations and generations of of people who followed Christ and I, I have a long rich history of family members who have either served as pastors and, uh, and, and this was back when pastors didn't make a bunch of money and live in million dollar homes. They were pastors because they wanted to pastor people. They wanted to help people. I love that cheap shot. Yeah. Well, uh, you got to take them when you, when you can, <laughs> but, uh, I live in a three quarter of a million yeah. dollar house, but, but I, I don't, I'm not saying I don't, I don't believe in necessarily that. I believe there is more. The question is, what is more? And I don't, I don't know the answer to that. Well, nobody does. Yeah. yeah. And that's my whole point is, is that she had a confidence in what she knows. Um, I, I, I don't, you know, I just, I just don't. And for a long time, I wished, I wish I did. I mean, you know, ever since I, I really, you know, went through that spiritual upheaval that I had is 
I didn't want I I I was happy believing what I believed. You know, I, I don't know too many people that want to to go through what you know what I did spiritually of just struggling with that. Most people don't want to do that, and I I didn't want to. I don't I think mean, anybody wants to do it. Yeah. You just do it when you're kind of faced with it. Yeah. Yeah, when you're faced with the inconsistencies of the faith and you're faced with, you know, just when you expect God to have a, when you realize that God's hand and things aren't necessarily that it's not there, but you're not, it's not what, what you're taught it is. You know, it's not, I don't know, it's it's a tough thing to, to figure out for me and that's, uh, that's a struggle. Because when when you think about it, if I had lost my mom, you know, when I believed, if if I still believed exactly what she believes, there's a lot of there's a lot of hope in that. Yeah. And I think that's what I kind of lost was that hope that, you know, when I pass away, I'm gonna see her again. I don't know. I mean, I really don't know what happens. A truer statement has never been made. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess the real question is, is, is at what point in time do we, do we become okay with that? Why not now? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. But that's the thing is, is what I've, this is just me and I'm probably, uh, you know, have multiple personalities or something, (laughs) multiple spiritual personalities, but, but I go back and forth where sometimes I'm okay with it and sometimes I'm not. And, uh, and like, you know, right now I'm, I'm going through a time that, you know, I'm okay with it, but I really struggled a couple of weeks ago with it. Yeah. And there wasn't any event that took place other than the fact that, you know, sometimes with death, you have to kind of sit in it a little bit and, and deal with the loss yeah. and something triggered you know, that loss with me and I'm not even sure what it was, but, uh, but you, you kind of just have to rethink. And that is the central, I mean, when you get right down to it, that's, that's the, the central belief of pretty much all religions is what, what is more than this? You know, what is more than us being animals that have evolved? What, what is more than this? And so if you really want to look at what, what religion is, is, is more than this. So, I mean, what, what, what is that? What, what is, what does, what, what does exist beyond what we are as animals? And, uh, and Christianity for most of my life filled that, filled that need, that, that knowledge filled that, that in me. And now it doesn't, I mean, I don't know what exists beyond this, but I do, I do believe right now that I believe there is more. I just don't know what yeah. the more is. Yeah. Well, yeah. And the more do you, do you feel to some extent that those who are writing in the Bible were, were just trying to express their thoughts and ideas they were wrestling with what it could be? Yeah, I mean, I'd I'd have to look at a specific 
passage or instance. Like Paul in okay. First or Second Thessalonians. My gosh, it's been too long. I, I would have known this verse, and but you know, you know, chapter and verse. But you know, Paul is talking about how, you know, um, um, he will come in the clouds, and he'll, you know, will be raised from the dead, and in will be. You know, we'll meet him in the air and those who had gone before us. And, you know, the, the very, the very, it's very elegant. It's very, this picture of this gap, this great unity and gathering. And, you know, but in the reality is, you know, Paul paints this picture that, you know, people will literally be, you know, rising from the graves. So, does Paul know that or is Paul dealing with something in his mind and trying to put a picture to it um, as he struggles with it? Yeah. I mean, I don't think we can say for certain what that is. My guess would be yes, that, that he is, he's drawing a picture of his hope. Yeah. uh, Of what he um, I mean, there's no there there's no indication of what his revelation was that that is true. He was just he was presenting his hope, yeah. his desire. Here's 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 how it could be. Yeah, and and I get that. I love it when I'm sitting there listening to you. I go, oh man, that sounds great. I love the fact. And you could read Paul and go, oh, Paul is. His hope is is for this great picture, but we live in a world where these these concepts are taught. If you don't believe it, you're going to die and go to hell. Well, and that's you know? that that comes down to uh, we were talking about it before uh, the mics went live, but we were talking about the word interpretation, you know, and and so that's that's how those verses have been interpreted, yeah, and presented that's for right. as we said earlier. Uh, to bolster the fear that gives me control over those that are listening to me and that I'm trying to control. And, um, you know, it, it can be a beautiful picture. That's And that's once again, you know, uh, the word humility is going to come up. That's where uh, we have to we have to be rooted in the I don't know. We don't know for certain. Because that's the only humble place that we can look at this from. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, uh, the, the way it's been presented by us, you know, let's, let's, not, let's not point fingers to, to us because although certainly it was taught to us, mm-hmm. but each of us are guilty of teaching it to others mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. But now... now Preaching sermons on I don't know doesn't put too many people in the seats. It does. It doesn't. But it can be rooted in. You know, the funny thing is, in that that's a great thought, man. I, I don't know. This is a bunny trail. Stop me before we go for too far. But uh, wouldn't it be great to try it? Yes. You it know, would. I mean, wouldn't it be great to say, man, we don't know for sure, and and anybody could be right about some things and and maybe that's what the what the discussions we have are about they're about mm-hmm. 
the possibility of what could be right. Uh, and, and I think we've done a good job of that so far in, in the conversations we've recorded is that, that, uh, we're not necessarily saying, Hey, here's what's right. But we're, we feel pretty confident about what we know is wrong. (laughs) And so that, and those are things I think that are helpful to people. You know, I, I really do. So anyway, I, you know, back on, on track is, is I, I think Paul's expressing a hope in those verses. Uh, I think he doesn't know for certain. Um, I know that flies in the face of, of much of what we used to cling to, uh, on inerrancy and, and those issues and, it all comes back to fear, though, doesn't it? It does. It really, it really does. Well, and, the the author of that, you know, and and there are some. I know that the, the church that I used to go to, if you would ever make this statement, you'd be cast out you into. Should make it. You'd be cast out in outer darkness with gnashing of teeth. <laughs> but that's, but that's code for the ma- many many <laughs> many many. Uh, scholars of the new testament believe that the books that we attribute to paul that he didn't write all of them yeah absolutely and i'm not sure if that's one of them that that is um somebody's a bart ehrman fan yes and and others which i love yeah and uh, and others so i i think uh and i'm going to make a statement here that's kind of maybe kind of uh it won't offend you, but it may offend people that would listen oh, man, to this. I think you should just say yeah. it. Is it going to be your next statement? <laughs> it's going to be my the next sec- statement. Your next statement. So, <laughs> yeah. So it could be all of them. So you know, th- there's there's a lot of people that, uh, especially evangelical pastors and teachers, that have a vested interest in what the, the scripture that you referenced being true. And that vested interest is... Hey, uh, as long as we keep the hammer on these people, and and we put the we we give them two things, we give them hope that if you fall in line and you submit to the authority and you obey the Bible as we preach it, then that's your hope. But if you don't, I, I've got the fear message right here. Then I'm going to give to you that, that if you don't believe what we believe and you don't submit to your authority and you don't fall in line with what we say, then you've got eternal damnation. And, and that's, if the question is, what do we believe? What do I believe? I do not believe that because I think that you could look and you could look at somebody that whoever, whatever, whoever wrote that book. How do I know it's not somebody just writing that book to try to control people? Yeah. I don't know that. Yeah. And I, I think that if, if the Bible was the inerrant word of God, it would have been communicated in a way and most importantly preserved in a way that we would have absolutely no doubt uh, that that is the word of God. And despite what apologists say about all these copies, you know, tens and tens of thousands of copies, most of them are the size of a credit card. So you're, you're not really, 
it may be a word, and that's a copy. Uh, and so it's not really what you think it is. And so um, I would think if this is the book, that if we don't obey what's in that book and believe what's in that book, we're going to go to hell for eternity. Pretty extreme punishment for not believing you know, what's in that book. I'd be a really good person if I don't believe that, then I'm going to hell for eternity. I'm going to burn forever in the hottest flames ever. Ouch. My point is, yeah, my point is, is that, is that if that book is that important, then you would think it would be preserved. The original copies would be preserved and we could see the originals and we see what it was originally said. And we can't do that. We've got copies of copies, of copies, of copies, of copies. Mm -hmm. And so, I, I would think if he can inspire the word, I think he could preserve the word. Yeah. And that's where my issue is. Then I would go so far as to boldly say, and this is a really bad thing to say, but I would say that God would continue to reveal himself in that same way over generation, over generation, over generation. So that's so, what, that you must be Mormon. Well, I'm not, but, <laughs> but, I'm not, you, but you just you I just mean, took Joseph Smith's well, you know entire platform. Why well, no? But then you go back and you break down Mormonism, and that's just as ridiculous as anything else. But you know, uh, but but you would think that the uh, that God, in His compassion, would not write something down, but would reveal Himself over and over. Um, so that people would know for sure, 100%, you know, in, 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 uh, you know, in a way, if that's the, you know, so if you're, you know, cause it's crazy, you know, the Hebrews totally reject the new Testament, you know, the, um, the evangelicals and the Christians to some degree totally reject the Hebrew notion of the, uh, of God, um, you know, the, it, the Muslims completely reject all of that and think that God has revealed himself yet again on top of that. And, you know, so you just, it's just, but there's, so there's nothing, nothing's been bred but confusion. And all we're doing is, is we're fighting over to, to, to solidify a certain amount of space that we can see how many people we can get into that area that will believe what I believe. And that's that's really what it is. It has nothing to do with God. You know, you can walk around any church around here, and I don't think that God is really in any of that. It's just you're just walking into a building where people are going, you need to believe what we believe here. Well, how do I know that's true? Well, God, if you were a real Christian, then you would know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, how many times have we been we have we've been told that? Well, he wasn't a really he or she wasn't a real Christian because if they were, they would actually believe. That's just a cop out. I think that's just a really bad answer. But, but I think that at what point in time would God be consistently living in with among the lives of the people over and over and over again? It wouldn't, uh, you know, I just don't think that it would be God walked with Adam and Eve. God was on top of the mount. You know, you know, God was in the tabernacle. Now, now God was, uh, it was uh, among us as flesh. And now it's just a bunch of, and now it's just words written down. And now everybody is just kind of 
on their own trying to decipher in trans different translations of what we think those words are and that's all we have for the rest of eternity interpretation it, oh i'm sorry interpretations that's that's the word i want to use not translations yeah so. yeah well so what i what i'm hearing is that uh that you got so there's a there's a a whole lot of little heavens <laughs> <laughs> yeah and if you believe this mm -hmm. and this That's right. and this and this and then you know but anyway yeah so one of the one of the the big things that um that a lot of pastors like to teach is you can have the kingdom of god now i mean it's it's present now it's with us now and there it went yeah, well, I I believe that. I just don't believe it the way they believe it. Yeah, yeah, I could I could make a case for that myself. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. But Let's but do I don't that. believe what they believe, and so where I have the issue is people, you know, using um, threats of hell and threats of eternal punishment to try to control people. That's where my that's where my issue with. Yeah, but I feel like I need to call Omaha because I'm. I think I'm. <laughs> Omaha, I, Omaha. <laughs> I think I'm. A, a, I think I'm about to go into something we've talked about, like on. Well, we have five I mean, I of think the eight episodes. It's a revolving conversation yeah. on all of that, but yeah. um, Omaha. Um, yeah, and, and, and you know, and I will say this: I think to some degree, what if that's all there is? The kingdom of God is here and now. I mean, you now can live with the, the concepts of, 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 you know, godly wisdom, you know, right now. Um, you know, the argument has always been put out there that, um, you know, what a miserable existence we would have if there was no afterlife to where something to where we can strive to achieve where God is just, he punishes the wicked and he rewards the faithful, you know, but it reminds me of that old thing that the Sadducees, yes, they were sad. You see, <laughs> <laughs> they didn't believe in the afterlife. They didn't believe That's anything right. other than right now, you know, and you know, but, uh, but there's a, there's an element and I know this is not a new thought, but there's a new out there, but there's a, there's a element to this to where, you know, if 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 you could get to the point where you knew this is it, how much more would you live your life now? How much more would you love your neighbor as yourself? How much would you raise your children up as best as you can? How much of it would you conduct yourself in a way that you understood and knew that this is it and the importance is now? You know, but it does it strip a little bit of that importance if you can go, well, you know, you're kind of living now, but the real life kicks in later. And um, uh, I just, you know, I just don't, I just don't believe, I don't believe there's any, hold on, I don't believe there's any reason to believe that. <laughs> so, you know, if I'm going to love my children, it's because I'm here and I'm now. Okay, it's game on. I'm telling you. This this very discussion 
yeah. is a discussion I've had with uh, someone of the evangelical belief. Persuasion. Yes, persuasion. <laughs> so, uh, and, and let me just give you a, a point of reference here. Mm-hmm. So we are living in uh, COVID land yeah. right now. Uh, you know, wearing masks, you know, the thing to do. Well, they refuse to wear a mask. Well, they are evangelical Christians. They refuse to wear a mask. And I'm sitting here going, um, wh- why would you not do- why would you not do that for the love of other people? For, you know, watching out. You, if you had it, you could be asymptomatic and spread it. And if you if you don't have it, it might, you know, to to maybe a li- more limited way keep you from getting it. Yeah. And um, this person's inability to see the value in other people in protecting other people. It's all about their freedom, their freedom, their freedom. God gave them freedom. God, you know, it's, it's all this. And this is the exact discussion we had. And I'm sitting there going, Oh my gosh, the true answer for me, this is only for me. I'm only speaking for myself is humanism. Cause a humanist will say, I should, I should really care about the needs of somebody else because this is how we all live together and we all work together and you don't need religion to do this. This is a very humanist thing to do is to say, Hey, I'm, I'm going to do my part and trying to, you know, prevent more people from getting ill is to the simple task of wearing a mask. And, and almost every instance that I talk to people that don't wear a mask, almost every time it is people that are hyper religious and an almost exclusively hyper conservative Christian. And that drives me crazy because if you truly believe that, that you should love other people and share the gospel with other, that person will never have the opportunity to share the gospel with me because they don't care enough about me to wear a mask. So why am I going to listen to you if you're going to try to tell me about the the ultimate that Christian have Christianity has to offer? You don't even care enough about me to even to do the simplest thing of putting on a mask. Yeah, I mean you've lost your witness. Absolutely, and you know it's this has been thrown around. This is not my thought at all, but it's been thrown around a bunch of times. It's just kind of like they claim religious freedoms. And go, well, God will protect me. Jesus will protect me. And it's just kind of like, well, let's, it's it, you know, people go, that's interesting. Jesus will protect you from COVID 19 when you don't wear a mask, but yet some reason you got to carry around an AR 15 <laughs> and protect your home. You know, and it's just kind of like, well, hold it. So Jesus can't protect your home. You need to do that yourself. So why? It, it, it's very hypocritical. It's extremely hypocritical because the same concept of carrying a gun to protect your home would mean that you need to put on a mask to protect yourself and your loved ones around you. That's a great point. And that was not my thought. That's been circulated out there for a while, for, for, for some time now. But, but I just think it makes sense, you know. You know, and, and, and that's part of the problem is, is, is that religion allows you to uh, – 
adopt certain principles and reject others uh, when it's convenient. So, um, but, um, you know, um, yeah. So, Jim. You say things now. That's what I was about to <laughs> ask Nathan to say. Because we, we have been, uh, we opened a can of something, which we typically do, and then you... you you're in the, you're in the earth. An enviable <laughs> position to bring us back to That's right. reality uh-huh. stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Nathan, you, I mean, I, I, I like the question you asked a little bit ago, the one that got David so riled up. Um, what if this, what if this is all there is, is a question you ask. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, but we've, but, Earlier, a little bit before that, we had talked about, um, each of us seemed to chime in when we talked about, well, what if, what if there was, what if the kingdom of God was right now? Um, so I would go so far, uh, you know, on those two thoughts and, and maybe we can get into it a little deeper, but I would go so far as to say, uh, and, and if you know me, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not one to say what what i feel certain about you know i'm i leave room for doubt almost everywhere mm-hmm. i feel pretty certain that this is all there is but it's forever hmm. okay unpack that a little bit well i think that we're given this moment and that this moment is the one where uh, we, we were created to live in, and that that uh, fortunately for us we get to do it over and over. But it's it's not to be taken for granted. I think that we're um, that the life, the thing that we strive for, the thing that we desire, is to be the best us right now. And what is my purpose at this moment? Who am I supposed to love right now? Who am I supposed to care for right now? Well, right now it's very obvious that that uh, it is primarily you two, and uh, nearly as primarily the people that are listening to this. And so, what what can we do? And I think I think we've you know I, I think we take that into account pretty well when we have our conversations. But but that that's what it is. There is nothing outside of this moment. You know, the past is the past future we don't know and uh you know if if the great question we've talked about death and what's after but but you can't have that discussion without talking about well how how do we get here and for what reason uh you know the three are 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 inseparable you can't have how did i get here uh and what is my purpose and what's after this life you know they go together that's that's part of the the grand design of uh that that uh not everybody i i realize most people don't don't think about these things uh to the extent that we do uh i think it's a gift that we do um but that it always is it's rooted in the present so or what what you're maybe make sure i can speak this back to you so okay. what what you're saying is is that being present in the in the now is truly what matters 
and the biggest impact we can have on the future is what we do right now. Exactly. Yep. And I, and I think that we, uh, I, I, I just have an inkling that, that that's, uh, an eternal, uh, an eternal thing. And I don't know how it plays out. I, I can't, uh, you know, I could draw you a picture like we, we said Paul did and, mm-hmm. and all that, but it would be pure speculation. But I think that in the moment, uh, you know, I believe my mom went from one moment to another moment. I just wasn't able to witness what those moments were. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, but that we all have that opportunity. And I think that, uh, I, I think we all know and, and to some extent, uh, experience anxiety, uh, worry, things like that. And I think that, that if we really step back and look at it, it has a lot to do with looking backwards, regret. Uh, it has a lot to do with looking forward and, you know, the unknowingness of that. And the thing that suffers is the present. You know, if I'm not being the best I am, then I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I, I can be anxious about, you know, I, I shouldn't be whatever today is. And so rather than being who I should be today, you know, I put it off till tomorrow, which just causes anxiety and we're not living in the moment. So do you think a false perception of the future can cause us to ignore our present state? Yes. Yeah. And a misinterpretation of the past or um, uh, over-dramatization of the past or, uh, you know, any of those things uh, can yeah. can keep us from the thing, you know, from, from this moment. What, what it, how can I be the best? And that's not to say you know, Oh, I'm not going to work tomorrow, but how can I best use at work tomorrow? Hmm. You know, I need, I need to go to work tomorrow. Why? Well, because I need to love my family and take care of my family and, and, uh, and prepare, uh, for what might be, what might be coming up or, or whatever, but not anxious about tomorrow, but doing the best I can today so that I'm in a better position when, tomorrow's the moment I think that's the biggest struggle that's the biggest struggle I have is being present being present and now and so I mean I think people can tell from you know uh, the podcast that I, I struggle a lot with the future with the future and and I struggle a lot with the past because you know uh, it, it, because I'm trying to I guess reconcile it you know, because you spend years and years and years in that, and you try to, you want to find some kind of value in that. But I'm guilty of this. I'm guilty of focusing too much on that, or focusing too much on the future. And then I miss, you know, we only have one now. And it's the and only if, thing that matters. And if we miss, you know, if we're not present in that, if we're not present in now, then we really are robbing our future because we keep carrying what we have forward in time, forward in time where, you know, the only place we actually live is now. I think I understand. That. <laughs> no, man. I, well, 
it's actually here's the thing the reason why i say i think i understand it is it's it's alarmingly simple and that's the thing that i'm like yeah yeah it's and colossally difficult so well 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 it is but it's it's difficult because we make it difficult well it's difficult to to do it's simple to understand well there's too many things that cloud a lot of people's thoughts. I mean, if you, and that's kind of what I was saying a second ago was, is if you think you're reaching your strivings for some kind of reward in the future, you're never going to be able to see the, the present clearly. Right. You're missing, you're missing it. You're and missing your motives it. are wrong too. So right now you're doing things in the present that, that, you're trying to accomplish something in the future, but you're Bingo. not, but you're not right. doing it because if you're, if you're doing that to gain something in the future, you're not actually doing that for a, for a That's reason right. that is selfless. That's right. It's like, who, who was the one who told the story about the person who went and they were told they worked at a church and they were told, Hey, go visit the person who was kind of dying. who was on their deathbed in the hospital. And I'm going to slaughter this story. And they were like, hey, why did you come? And, you know, hey, well, I wanted to come because it's my, you know, my job. I was asked to come see you. And it was something about the answer was, oh, I thought you wanted to come and actually see me. You know, it's like there's a big difference. Um, You know, you know, we can. (laughs) There's a really good story there. Um, that's trying to get to the point. I know <laughs> trying to get to the point that, you know, we can always be trying to do good works because we think we're going to get paid, you know, and there's a huge difference between that and doing something because you actually love somebody. Um, and, um, yeah, and it's very apparent loving somebody would be present trying to get paid would be future. So this is where I dumb everything down. So this is the part of the podcast where everything starts progressing Mm -hmm. so when you say that all i can think of is the show the good place where it is all about motives and a part part of that is is that is you don't actually get credit for what you do that's good if your motives are to get something in the future you know it's like to get the credit to get the credit for it so so your your motives really aren't good if if your motives are to to get recognition for what you did the bottom line is, is if you're present, you should just simply be doing things, good things, because they're good. Mm-hmm. Because it's the right thing to do. And in that, we can join in that experience. Mm-hmm. And and I know personally, I miss a lot of that. If I would stop and, you know, and, and, and talk about, you know, to people about what their struggles are, or live in that moment and and just experience, you know, the pain that somebody else is going through. So when my, when my mom, I think that's the thing that's so striking and Jim, I'm sure you identify with this is that when my mom passed away, there were, there were two people in the room, myself and, and, and Amy and, uh, and my mom, uh, obviously. Uh, and so when I'm holding her hand and she is passing from this life onto whatever there is. There in that in that mind and that minute, there was only that. There was only the now. 
There wasn't anything else happening right then that took any more importance than what was presently happening. Happening, And I think what's so fulfilling about that moment, as difficult as it was, is that that's truly what living is. I mean, I, I can now, and Amy and I have talked about this because... Uh, because that that last moment of her last breath is, and, and unless you've been in that situation, you probably don't understand, but that is haunting. That is something that I will never forget. Mm-hmm. But I won't forget it because I fully experienced it. That's seared in my mind. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and that's what Amy has, has told me is, is that, you know, you were right where you were supposed to be at the exact moment you're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And there was no regret in that moment. Yeah. And I, I think that's the thing about life is as painful as that, as that is, that's the moment I want to repeat because that's what life is. Even because it was death, even though it was death, that's what life is. And, 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 and till the day I die, I will never forget that moment. Yeah. Well, how many other moments do I miss because I'm not there to experience it? Experience it. I'm there, but I'm not there. Mm-hmm. I think that's the struggle. That's where I want to be is to to be present for be present for for things that happen, and I'm not thinking about something else, or I'm not thinking about what's going to happen next. You're just thinking about what is happening now. And that is, it seems like an impossibility. But there are rare moments in life where that happens that it is truly heartbreaking, but it is truly amazing. Yeah. I mean, you were there for your mom. I mean, you know. Yeah. So here's what I would uh, here's what I would suggest, um, uh, and you know this is this is a tricky part, but you you have to realize that that's true every moment. You're right where you're supposed to be, and and now how can I be present in it? You can't be anywhere else than where you are right now. And how can you be present in this moment? And it might be looking at a piece of property. It might be, uh, you know, talking to a guy about some guitars. It could be talking to the copy guy, you know, who's helping me fix a machine. And But how can I best engage in that moment? Yeah. Because I'm I'm in that moment. And this is a very simplistic question, but if for some reason it means a lot. Is it, um, it's purely that's what's important because that's just where you are. Yeah. So yeah. even in the midst of bad decisions, that's where you are. And that's the moment where you're supposed to be um, because the next, the next thing you might need to do 
is make the right decision to get out of that bad decision. I'm trying to I'm trying to sit there and think about, you know, is anybody who's listening to this going, look, my life is miserable. I hate where I am. But also at the same time, they're exactly where they're supposed to be because that's where they are. There has to be something gleaned from that. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm just sitting here thinking, say somebody is, you know, sitting in prison right now and listening to this, or if somebody is, you know, um, has just made bad life choices to this point and they're you know, they're they're out of options, you know, and, and you know, they're about to be evicted from their house, they're about to lose their job, or they just lost their job. And I don't, I don't have answers, you know, for, for all of that, but I can say that you can only find those answers if you're present. And so, you know, I, I think of the times that, that I have made bad decisions. And usually that is the time that that's the time that I'm not thinking clearly in the moment. You know, either I'm I'm fearful of this, or I'm I'm thinking about what's happened in the past, and and the only way we can move forward is to take control of the present and just say, you know what, um, I'm gonna take it a step at a time. And I'm the problem is a lot of people, and I'm one of them. Uh, there are times when I don't want to be in the present mm-hmm. because for whatever reason that's painful. And, you know, all, all I can say is from my experience is, is that, um, if you don't experience it in the present and try to be there for that, then it, it's kind of builds and then you're going to experience the pain. It's just going to be worse later, or you're going to experience the, the consequences. It's just going to be worse later to start dealing with things now. I mean, that's really the only way to move forward. Ironically, that's the only way to move forward. But well, and I even think of you think of our children, you know, when our children crave our attentions as fathers or even as mothers, as you know, people listening to this, but you know, but for myself that um, you know, in reality all they're doing is this craving for right now. That's all they want. All that matters at that point in time is what's going on right now. And David, when you said sometimes I just have a problem being here right now, and it's like, that's the problem, you know, and maybe that's why we, we dream and think about the ideas of a be- something better being in the future because we've started to realize how many times we weren't just here and now and we've missed it. Not that there isn't any opportunity to be able to be here and now, um, starting right now. It's always there. Um, I, I use the term, if there's a God, um, I'm hoping that you guys and uh, whoever's listening to this understands why I say that. Uh, not not necessarily, I don't say it because of, of a, a doubt. Uh, I say it because of a lack of certainty. Uh, 
uh, and I also say it uh, because I'm, I'm, I don't want to exclude anybody else's thoughts on that yeah. issue. Uh, however, if there's a God, uh, he, she, it could only be accessed now. And, uh, you know, too much of religion is based on later, you know, which is where we started the conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, what comes later? Putting, putting that off, putting uh, that uh, one day that, hey, I'll, I'll get it all together. I, I've, said the, I've said the prayer, I've done the things, I'm, you know, I'm in the book. And we'll pick it up that day. Mm. Uh, and I think that concept and uh, mixed with the concept of, of looking back and having regrets and or, or even looking back uh, and having your glory behind you is just as, as uh, rotten as looking back uh, with regrets um, is, is all a distraction from being in the present and uh, if there's a God in the presence yeah and that's the only thing that that it's the only thing that could be true if a God only lived in the past then then what what good would it do you anyways? And then there, there's a God that you're trying to do something to try to meet in the future. How would you ever know you're right? Yeah. You know, when you say that, I, I my first thought is is that um, the God I served is in the past. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so you know. Um, anyway, trying to bring a little levity. I mean, it, this has been pretty intense, but, um, you know, I think that the thing I take from it is, is that there's a lot of joy in the moment Mm -hmm. and, you know, my entire life, it's, it's almost like that, that whole, that phrase live for today, live for the moment Mm -hmm. was always considered to be, you know, very superficial and, uh, worldly and carnal. But at the end of the day, I don't, I don't mean that like you're, you know, you're supposed to, you know, throw all caution to the wind and not worry about consequences and things like that. I, I think the real purpose of that is, is that there's so much joy and, and I think we miss so much of it. I, I do, uh, that, that I, I think back to the times that I've missed things because I was, uh, at home because I was thinking about work or I was thinking about what was going to happen the next day or, or I'm, I'm concerned about what happened during the work day when I should be with my kids and I can't get any of that. My kids are grown. I can't get any of that time back, mm-hmm. but you know, I, I can move forward and just say that, that those instances of that, of that, um, that purity, that one, that moment, like with my mom or that moment, you know, of, of just pure, you know, reality where you're sitting there going, gosh, this is what's happening now. 
and this is going to be a milestone in my life. That's what I want more of is more of that, that those milestones where I can look back and say, Hey, I was there for that. And I was fully there for that. And to me, that's, that's the most important thing about our life is to just, I think that's where you can truly love people. They can, you can truly help people. You can truly, you know, um, you know, benefit other people is just simply to say, Hey, I'm, I'm here now and I see your pain and I want to help. And so kind of, this has been good for me to just think of my week and my day tomorrow. Gosh, I'm even right now I'm thinking of tomorrow. (laughs) I'm thinking of tomorrow, but seriously, I need to live every moment of, Hey, now is now. And what, what can I do now to make this a milestone make this just something that's memorable. Otherwise, I'm going to miss it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, and and if I, I, I have a feeling that if we, the more we're able to do this, uh, those instances when we're aware that we're in that right moment might happen every now and then. But the beautiful thing I think will be that if if we're, if we're able to be in the moment the people we're in the moment with will recognize it way more. We may never hear about it, mm-hmm. but they'll be aware. Yeah. They'll know that, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think about work. I think about, um, you know, I'm in the middle of something that is just racking my brain. That is just hard. I'm, I'm behind, I'm pushing on it. And in that moment, I'm doing my best. And somebody calls me or texts me. And it seems that my moment is interrupted and I want to stay back at the work and am not giving my present to the call. I'm missing it. Yeah. Work was two seconds ago. Mm-hmm. Talking to Tracy is right now. Yeah. Dang it. Texting Becca is right now. They'll know that if work comes first, dang, they'll feel it. Yeah. Yeah. I was just checking to see if I missed a test, a text or anything while we're on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Uh oh, man, are are we ready to wrap you guys? I think so. Any last thoughts? It was pretty heavy. Uh, It was pretty heavy thoughts. Well, you know, dang that mom. Mm -hmm. I know. Well, what's interesting is this podcast is going to go out in the future. So, <laughs> this blew everything we just said. Oh, Why but they will be listening to it in the moment. That's that's, that's right. correct. Yeah. And so, some of them will be like, "Well, I listened to that yesterday." Yeah. You know, all I can say is that is that um, in this moment, I'm with my two best friends and able to just talk, and it's 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 something that I, you know, really value. Yeah, absolutely. Likewise. Me you too. too. Me too. Me too. Oh yeah, and David had a birthday. Happy happy birthday, David. Yeah, and you got one coming up. I do. Happy birthday, Jim. Hey, thanks. I don't have any more birthdays. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. That's what the doctor told you today. Yeah. Right. <laughs> or you said, what's wrong? Have any more birthdays, or you'll be right. or you'll be dead. What's wrong, Nathan? Yeah. Uh, too many birthdays. Too many birthdays. So. Yeah. Anyways. Well, hey, guys. thanks for listening, uh, man. I, I hope somehow 
something touched in what we had to say today and we look forward to uh speaking with you again join us at some of the places where you can uh interact with this uh, which you'll hear about when we close bye bye thanks for listening you can join the conversation at that's questionable.com that's questionable podcast on instagram or at that's question one on twitter the views and opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of those casting the pod.